Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, in fabulous Las Vegas, where the main event is in full swing, and today... We are going to go over a couple of hands played by yours truly in that very same main event, the 2022 edition. Um, But first, I want to tell you guys a story that you may have seen on Poker News, but just in case you didn't, you guys know from recent podcast episodes that things have not been going particularly well here in Vegas. Um, As a matter of fact, I haven't made a dinner break as of a couple of days ago, much less a day two. I joked with a friend recently that if someone put a bag in front of me at this point, I wouldn't recognize what it was. Like, what is that piece of plastic and what is it used for? Because I haven't seen one and I've been here since June 4th. So that's a long time to go without bagging. And, you know, I was trying to keep the faith on last week's podcast episode, letting you guys know that you shouldn't worry. Um, When you're on a downswing, it's very important to keep a positive mental attitude, all that stuff. So anyway, uh, last weekend I played in the Million Dollar Bounty Tournament. I only had a chance to play on one day because, of course, we had our... A big charity event at the Palms, which, by the way, went great. And a podcast listener, my new friend Tom, actually was at the final table. And he heard about the charity event right here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. So quick shout out to Tom and congrats on making that final table. And it was a really good time. A lot of fun. We had some professional athletes there, some very well-known poker players, Um, I had a really nice conversation with Lon McCarron. What a great guy he is. Uh, A good time was had by all. But having to do that charity event, and believe me, I wanted to do that charity event, but what it meant was that I wouldn't be able to fire as much at the million-dollar bounty as I would have otherwise liked to because I love mystery bounties and million-dollar bounties and secret bounty prizes And anything else that encourages players to gamble while playing tournament poker. I am sick and tired of watching robots try to fold their way to the final table. And this is the kind of tournament that really rewards people taking a chance here and there. And that's just good for everyone involved. Um, Shout out and congrats to Matt Glantz, the winner of the Million Dollar Bounty. Um, The way the schedule was set up... You would have needed to play the main event on a certain day in order to avoid conflicting with playing day two of the Million Dollar Bounty. And so the way my schedule worked, I was only able to fire once at that. So anyway, when I busted out of that tournament before dinner, I might add, I went back to my hotel room and I said, you know, I still have the whole day ahead of me. I got a lot of sleep. I've been taking good care of my mind and my body and my soul and my spirit. And I want to play some more poker. So let's fire up the old website, 
WSOP.com. And wouldn't you know it, your boy won first place in a $30 rebuy add-on tournament that had a prize pool of almost $20,000. And I won over $5,000 for first place. Now, at the same time, I was playing in some other online tournaments as well, and I didn't cash in any of those. But I ended up with a net profit for the day. And I went to bed really happy that night thinking, you know what? I <laughs> I finally had a profitable day. I feel like I haven't had one single profitable day this whole summer. And this one, as small as it was, felt really good. And I slept a little better that night. Little did I know I had forgotten that I had registered for something called the $80 all-in main event satellite. Now, the way this one works is you pay your 80 bucks online and you have to go all in every single hand. They just put out 64 heads up poker tables and everybody starts with the same number of chips. There are no decisions to be made. Every player is all in on every hand. And the winner gets a main event seat and there are prizes for the top 10. I think they go as low as like $28 for somebody for this $80 buy-in. So anyway, I forgot that I had even registered for that tournament. So imagine my surprise when I woke up and checked my email address the next day and had one from WSOP.com saying congratulations on winning your main event seat on WSOP.com. And sure enough, I opened up the client, checked out the uh, hand history, if you will, and was able to watch how in the middle of the night, while I was sleeping and dreaming of that first place finish I had had in that $30 tournament, all the while I was sleeping, I was winning my main event seat. I played 11 hands, heads up, and I won nine of them. The two that I lost, obviously, I had my opponent covered. And so my $10,000 seat only cost me 9920 bucks. So that is <laughs> pretty cool. So I want to talk about some hands that I played on uh, day one of the main event in which, uh, once again, I got in on a uh, virtual free roll. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. 200 and 400, those are the blinds. There's a 400 big blind ante, and it's kind of early on in the game, maybe hour three, uh, maybe hour five. I, I can't remember what the blinds are. Maybe this is the third level. Yeah, so it might have been hour five. So early on in this level, I now have a feel for the players at my table, and I could tell you, they weren't that great. Um, I was at a pretty good table. There were a couple of crushers, but for the most part, I felt like I had a skill edge over most of my competition. And I raised it up in early position to 1100 with 55,000 behind. Now, in this tournament, you start with 60,000, so I was down just a little bit after uh, this, this certain number of hours. Uh, the next player on my immediate left calls. Now, he's a guy who bought in late. Um, seems like he didn't get a ton of sleep last night. He's unshaven, unkempt, kind of schlubby. And I thought that he was a player that may have been up late partying or perhaps was in a late night cash game that was too juicy to get away from. The way he stumbled in late, didn't smell great and seemed a little sleepy. So that's the vibe we're going for. He's about 25 years old and about 60 pounds overweight. The big blind 
was a confused-looking British guy in his 40s. Now, I don't mean that he was just confused-looking in this hand. The general demeanor that this player had, no matter what was going on at the table, his brows were furrowed, and he looked at the flop like he didn't understand what was happening, and that was his general demeanor. Uh, I heard him speak, and I could confirm that he was British. He was wearing an 888 T-shirt, and we know that is a poker site uh, that is popular in Europe. So I didn't know what to make of him, but I didn't think that he got that shirt for being one of their sponsored professional players. Let's put it that way. So he is in the big blind and calls. So the three of us are going to see the flop, and we've got plenty of chips. All of us have an M of well over 40, so it's not an issue of getting pot committed or anything like that. Again, Hero holding the Ace of Hearts, Queen of Spades, and now with 3,900 in the middle, the flop comes Queen of Clubs, Eight of Clubs, Eight of Spades. Queen, Eight, Eight with two clubs. Hero holding the Ace, Queen with no club. And the big blind leads right out into both of us for 1,200. So right away, this is an unusual play. Uh, very few players would actually do this with an eight. Um, it's more likely he's got either a queen or a flush draw. But, you know, 1,200 is about what I would have bet. I might have gone a little bigger if he had checked to me. So I was fine with 1,200. I decided to just call. Um, you know, we have top pair, top kicker, a little concern about the paired board. And it's kind of strange that this confused guy let out into two opponents and didn't check to the razor. But you know, guys, there's no law that says you have to do that. So he is well within his rights to go ahead and bet into me. But now I was the one who was feeling just a touch confused. And I call. And to my surprise, on my immediate left, the other player, the schlubby guy I referred to a moment ago, also calls. So all three of us are going to see the turn in what is becoming a sizable pot, and that turn card is the Ten of Spades. So our board is now Queen of Clubs, Eight of Clubs, Eight of Spades, Ten of Spades, Queen, Eight, Eight, Ten with two clubs and two spades, Hero with the Ace of Hearts, Queen of Spades. And again, the big blind, our confused Brit, leads out again for 1,200. All right, well, now at this point, this is making no sense at all. And I thought that his most likely holding was probably something like Queen Jack, right? Or maybe Queen Nine. Hands that don't mind defending from the big blind and then just lead right out when you flop top pair. But probably he's got like a flush draw in his range. A lot of players like to bet small when they have flush draws out of position because it allows them to set the price to draw to that flush. So that was kind of the range I put him on. I was very not worried, if you will, that my opponent had three of a kind in this situation. So uh, I decided to raise for all of those reasons. And I'm also hoping to chase the schlubby guy out of the pot with whatever he has, or at least find out the hard way that he's sitting there with trips. So I make it 4,000. And on my immediate left, my friend, my haggard-looking friend calls, and my confused-looking friend also calls. So all three of us are still in this pot, and this pot is getting big. Hero still with the top pair, top kicker, and the river is the four of clubs, completing the flush. 
So I did not want to see a club. There is just too good of a chance that both of these guys, or one of these guys at least, has a club. For all I, or has a flush. For all I know, one of them could have a flush, the other have three of a kind, and my ace-queen could very well be in third place right now. So I'm not planning to bet this pot even one more time. However, I, he doesn't check. He bets again. The big blind from England bets 3,500 into what is now a 19,500 pot. Now, this is a horrible spot for me with ace-queen. I've, I'm getting a great price, obviously. 35 into 19 is it just, you know, it's very, very irresistible. I'm getting like six to one on a call. So if I'm heads up with this guy, it's a very easy call because, of course, ace-queen is good one time out of seven in this situation. All he's done is bet really small three times. But the fact that the flush doesn't scare him and the fact that I now have this other player on my left that I couldn't get rid of with my little raise on the turn, I just think that ace-queen is hardly ever going to be good against both opponents when that flush card comes in. So I made a pretty tight fold, but my young friend on my left did not make a tight fold. He made a call. So we got to see what these guys have. And to my shock and dismay, the big blind turns over queen four suited. He had the queen of hearts and four of hearts. So he just had a queen this whole time. And he loses to the player on my left holding queen jack offsuit with no club. I guess that's what I get for playing a conservative and cautious <laughs> main event strategy, uh, knowing that it's the best tournament of the year with the longest levels and the slowest moving blinds. I just thought that this spot was too marginal to take, but I would have won this very big pot had I called with ace-queen, and probably that queen-jack guy would have called right along with me anyway. So I was kind of kicking myself after that one, but... I mean, really, guys, what are the chances no one has an eight and no one has a flush after all that action? So that was a bit frustrating for me. Not long after that, I was actually moved to a new table. Now, I want to tell you guys about this table. We had a great time. I ran into my old friend, Jackie Burkhart. One thing I could tell you about Jackie Burkhart, she's a great poker player, but she's also got a great personality. She likes to have fun. So she was getting the guys at her table talking and chatting. And when I showed up, she was happy to see me because she knew that I would be part of the solution. As you know, some people get a little too serious. It's day one, guys. You can't win the tournament on day one. So let's just relax a little bit. And we were playing games at the table. We had a rule that whoever won a pot could either show one card, sing a song, or tell a joke. So I told them I would only tell a joke if I won a pot because, you know, word got out that I'm a comic. So, yeah, we had a good time, and it was a really fun table. And here's a hand that we played at that table. Now, there were some good players at this table, but again, no one that I was, you know, terrified of, no one that struck me as some kind of uh, world beater type or anything like that. There was actually a guy that we called the Destroyer at the table. He was British. Um, he was very, very quiet and mysterious, all we knew is it seemed like every time he turned over his hand, he had the nuts. So they were calling him the destroyer before I walked in, and I decided to uh, go along with that. Also, want to give a shout out to Johnny, 
who is at that table and is a podcast listener. Uh, really good meeting you and playing with you that night, Johnny. So the destroyer opens under the gun to 1100 and two to his left, sorry, three to his left is Clayton holding the Jack of Diamonds, Jack of Spades. So I'm sitting here with pocket jacks in middle position because he had raised under the gun. Uh, you know, I think this is a three bet. You guys can call if you want. It's not a crime to just call with jacks and play in position. But I just didn't want to invite tons of action to my left. I figured I could thin the field a little bit. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of like four bet bluffing or any you know light re-raising at the table. So I wasn't overly concerned about that. And it just seems like people were mostly cautious. So I went ahead and raised it up. I made it 3,300. Uh, I started this hand, by the way, with 46,000. And the blinds were 300, 500 with 500 big blind ante. So this guy we were calling the destroyer, uh, he basically min-raised it. And I just wanted to go a little bigger with my jacks. The action folded from there to the big blind, who was a thoughtful, young kind of uh, skinny, like nerdy type of guy, um, pretty serious, mild-mannered, um, just a quiet math geek, I would say. Um, no offense if you're listening, by the way. I love math geeks and pride myself on being one, too. Um, but he called, cold called, out of the big blind. So I immediately put him on a at least a relatively strong hand because it's already gone raise and re-raise in front of him. So I think there's a better than average chance that he's holding uh, pretty close to the nuts himself. So he just flats and alarm bells were ringing in my head and the destroyer folded. So I'm actually going to end up playing this pot heads up with pocket jacks against this young man that I've described. So he's in the big blind with an unknown hand and I am holding the jack of diamonds jack of spades in a pot in which I was the pre-flop aggressor. There is 9,000 in the middle and the flop comes 10 of diamonds, 8 of diamonds, 4 of diamonds, and my opponent checks. So what to do, guys? We have an overpair and a jack high flush draw. I mean, I would say this is a well above average flop for our hand. Um, my work in solver land, in PO solver and elsewhere, has actually taught me that there isn't a lot of betting that we're supposed to be doing on boards containing only one suit. So I'm kind of at odds between that and the fact that I actually have a strong hand for the situation. Uh, I decided to bet really small. I know that when we do bet boards like this, 10, 8, 4, all diamonds, uh, we want to bet small regardless of our holding, right? Because it's pretty much an all or nothing, either or situation. Very few hands can continue without a diamond. And those hands are going to continue whether I bet 2,000 or 9,000. So we might as well just lose a little bit less when we are behind. I mean, we do have that jack high flush draw to fall back on, but I'm not getting too excited about having the jack of diamonds if this pot gets very big. So I think 2,000 just feels like a good amount to bet. And our opponent makes the call. So I don't know what he has, of course, but it seems like the story is becoming clear. He should have at least a 10 to be messing around at this point in the hand. And he could even have the queen, king, or ace of diamonds. 
all of which have a draw to beat us, but all of which we are currently beating. So we are ready for the turn card with 13,000 in the middle. The turn is a blank, mostly a blank. It's a five of spades. So our board is now 10 of diamonds, eight of diamonds, four of diamonds, five of spades. And this time our opponent having check called on the flop leads out on the turn, betting 5,000 into the 13,000 pot. And Clayton Fletcher has a decision to make. I mean, this is a very strong line by our opponent. The check call on the flop and the lead combined with the fact that he already made a very strong call of our three bet from the big blind pre-flop. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but you know what? I have an overpair and I also have the Jack of Diamonds. I just feel like even though I thought I might be behind, I feel like folding this overpair with the flush draw in this spot, it just seems too nitty to me. You know, I'm doing okay even if he has a set of 10s, right? Because we've got the outs and he's not betting that much. So I felt a little bit roped in here. I just made the call. I didn't know what else to do. I know that calling is not a compromise, but I didn't show up in Vegas to play the main event to fold pocket jacks when the board is 10 high. I'm sorry. I'm calling. So sue me. All right. The river comes the deuce of diamonds. And now with 23,000 in the middle, our opponent leads out again for just 5,000, offering me 28 to 5 pot odds. I mean, come on. I have a flush. What the hell am I supposed to do? I felt like I was getting milked but I'm not good enough to fold my jack high flush. I made the call, guys, and I lost the pot to my opponent's ace of hearts, queen of diamonds. So the jack high flush loses to the queen high flush, and his strange turn play really threw me off. He was doing that on the come. He got there, and then he milked me for max value. What would you guys have done with both of these hands? I mean, these are hands that feature people leading out in spots where we really don't expect players to lead out. How do you react to these lead outs? Did you want to raise them on the turn? Did you want to fold the turn? Would you have played it the way I did exactly? Let me know on Twitter at Clayton Comic. And if you haven't yet found out how the rest of the main event is going for me. I don't want to give any spoilers, but you can get that information and see how I'm doing in the main event by visiting twitter.com slash Clayton comic. And that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank you guys for your continued support of this podcast. Let me know what you think of all my hands and don't forget to give us a shout out in the form of a review on Apple podcasts or on Spotify, or wherever else you happen to be listening to this right now. It goes a long way toward helping us climb the charts of the ever-increasingly crowded poker podcast market. So do that for us if you can. And for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening. I wanna hold them like they do in Texas, please. 
Hold up, let up, hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. Lock in intuition, play the cards with babes to start. And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart. Love nobody. Everybody, everybody. 